Hello and welcome back again to the Ben and Melanie Show. This is Ben, and I'm here with Melanie today. Uh, we've had uh, quite a lot of news stories in the past week or two, I guess, that we've been thinking about talking about on this uh, uh, podcast. But I first uh, really just wanted to thank everybody for listening, uh, those of you who are lis- listening. Um, and I really wanted to thank all the support that we've gotten to, you know, from... Look, everybody, it's uh, uh, nothing but positive, actually, which is great. Um, yeah, and, and we welcome lots of feedback, and we did get a little bit of feedback that uh, our first couple podcasts did um, increase conversations with each other, which is what we would like to do. So thank you. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, at least have the conversation, you know. Um, obviously, a lot of what we're talking about is a bit controversial. And, you know, things might not necessarily come of it that quick or anything, or at all necessarily, but it's good to at least have an open mind, at least I think. Yes, I agree. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other uh, housekeeping, really. Happy holidays, whatever one you celebrate. You may hear our kids in the background. It is the day after Christmas. Yeah. And uh, they may be playing with noisy toys. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. It's uh, been pretty intense. Yeah. How are all you other parents out there doing? We're we're pretty tired at this point. Yeah. We're we're glad it's over. We're happy it happened. Glad it's over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Um... I will say this, uh, you know, like that, that I actually felt like actually this year went great. I feel like we, we, we scaled it down this year a little bit and I'm kind of glad we did that. I think it went really, really good as far as her presence and everything. So yeah, me um, too. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, just talking about, uh, well, I'll start with a couple of news things here. Uh, really quick, I just want to talk about the uh, 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 Oxford uh, parents, Oxford shooting uh, shooters' parents uh, here, uh, James and Jennifer Crumbly. Uh, they've been in the news recently. Um, apparently, they had like a totally messed up life, but uh, I feel like a bit that's like it just like the media just sort of sensationalized everything. Like I don't need to know this stuff. You know, I don't. I mean, it's none of my business and everything. But like, it, it kind of puts it in perspective. It makes it seems. To me, and as well as others, like maybe they were completely like narcissistic people, completely ignoring their kid, their kid who is completely like apparently psychotic or whatever, you know, uh, like, and then they just like bought a, well, a psychopathic gun, essentially, and they just were completely, apparently having affairs, I don't know, not paying their bills, I, I, that's not, again, like, I don't really give a shit about that stuff, but like, it's still just a... Uh, well, what? The son. What did he? What happened with the son that just came out? I can't remember. Something about animals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an article talking about how he was like torturing animals or something, but I'm not sure if that's true. They said apparently they know that he had like a baby bird's head in a jar or something, and he took it to school with him, and then he like left it in the bathroom. I'm not sure if that means. The article, I don't remember. I, again, that was a bit sensationalist thing. I think it was sort of, uh, you know, what, what? Was it a science project? The science? I don't I think mean, I don't think cutting baby birds' heads off is a science project. But maybe so he did maybe, maybe he found the head. Do we know he did? But that See, still is, like, weird. I feel, it is weird. It's fucking weird, man. It is weird. However, 
I don't want to assume things. I mean, unless the parent said, yeah, he cut its head off and kept it What do they have to do? They didn't, I don't think anybody even, like, I don't even know the relevance, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm point. saying. Like, yeah, I think they're I trying to paint there. him as a psychopath, and I think that what they are, in fact, doing with all these other side stories about parents' and lives and stuff is saying that he had upheaval at home. No one was uh, really no, acknowledging I mean, the problems he right. had. He apparently was a psycho or sociopath or whatever the heck that would be, whatever the term would be. Apparently, he apparently was fine with killing people and stuff like that with the, you know, um, no remorse or whatever, uh, if, if that was the case. Indeed, I don't know. But, like, his parents apparently had no care or knowledge about this, and then they armed him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, why would you do that? You know? Uh, so, yeah. I think that. Um... Several systems failed in this case. I think that the system of parent, parents system failed to notice that their son or care if their son was having issues. I think that the child should have had some assessments and some mental health services probably would have prevented this. That's what I assume. Um, would have been the best case scenario if somebody could have helped him get the help he needed. And the school, too, if they would have just pulled him out of class and sent him to the counselors for the day or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that if anybody just would have noticed him, you know, and maybe that's the case with a lot of these mass shooters, actually, at this point. If somebody just would have actually been paying attention, you know, like, oh, well, apparently the teacher was. The teachers were paying yes. attention. But the, 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 the people that mattered in his life were not. Right. So. I guess he didn't have a parent or grandparent or somebody, an aunt and uncle, uh, to uh, to at least to acknowledge, you know, him somehow and acknowledge he was feeling apparently quite miserable in his life. Um, yeah, because he had scribbled down the what I can't remember what it was. He had like a picture of himself with a gun, you know, shooting people or just a little scribble of it, and then he had like the voices won't stop or something written yeah. down. Yeah, pretty messed up. Those were really cries for help. And the yeah. teachers, I must give huge kudos to for noticing that and trying to bring it to the administrator's attention, that that is a huge cry for help. It is a cry for help. Uh, he was trying to get noticed. He was trying to get help before it happened, I think, in, in his, his mental state as it was. And no one responded. This sort of... Um... I'm not sure if he falls into this category at all, but this does sort of segue into what I want to talk about a little bit more. I was actually listening to another podcast with, I don't want to say, pronounce her name Jamila. wrong. Jamila. Jamila. Jamay, is that right? Jamila Jamay. Uh, she has a podcast called I Weigh, and it's great. Um, anyway, she's had this guest on now twice just in the last few weeks. Uh, this her, this guest's name is uh, Natalie Wynn, uh, and she has a YouTube uh, channel called Contra Points, and actually it has a lot to do, I think, with why we're doing this podcast. I mean, I think I, I'm trying to just follow their, you know what I mean? I guess I have hero worship when it comes to these people, but, but you know, like the part of it is follow their example a little bit, because like part of the Contra Points concept, I think, is convincing people of, ch- convincing people to change their mind in a way. Um, and without actually, without fighting somebody, like, empathy has a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, 
Uh, this, this, these are bigger, bigger topics about our society at large. I do not know if uh, Mr. Crumbly, who shot up that school, the kid, I don't know if he was he was an incel. I should explain what an incel is. Anyway, that's this podcast. They're talking a lot about incels. That means involuntary, involuntary celibate. Um, and that's a big movement online, apparently, unfortunately. Uh, it mostly consists of younger men uh, that um, are, are involuntarily celibate. There is really, apparently, on, on websites like Reddit and 4chan and stuff like that, apparently there's a large, large community of these guys now at this point. Um, they are very superficial, uh, largely. Um, I'm familiar with this subculture a little bit because I've spent quite a lot of time on Reddit. Um, I don't really frequent the Reddit, the incel, like, Reddit subreddits and stuff like that. I kind of stay out of that. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with like the men's rights uh, sub subreddits and stuff a bit. Not hand in hand, but it's connected anyway. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, Mel. Mm -hmm. But oh yes, yeah. Yep. Uh, the, the, anyway, this is a whole like online world that involves <coughs> um, hating, uh, not hating, but it involves a lot of self loathing, I think, and a lot of a lot of hating women, obviously too. And frustration. Uh, and, and, and yeah, yeah, definitely frustrated. Uh, well, as as they were talking about in the podcast, it was to an element of frustrated desire as part of it. But if you, a lot of people have frustrated desire, and I think you throw testosterone on top of that, and then you get danger. You know, like that. That's that's where it's like, uh, you know, like there's almost like this rage. In, internal rage, you know, of like young men, you know, who just have this frustrated desire, a lot of testosterone, you know, easy access to weapons. Um, it's an awkward it's, it's a stage bad of life combination. Too. Yeah, you start, you're really, really in your head at those ages. Like even into your twenties, a lot of times you're really in your own head. Yes, you can't really see out. You're so concerned with how you look and what other people I, perceive of you. I'm pretty sure that the demographic data that she said was, there are some older people involved in those uh, in those forums, but I think that mostly it's people, the top, it taps out around 25, Yeah, she was saying, and I think that it tap, you know, it starts around, you know, this kid is 15 or something, you know, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even younger. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get these, and I think that, like, in the past, like, they would be alone. You know, they wouldn't have a whole community surrounding this mindset like you said you know yeah it yeah. seems like they're shouting into their own room and then it's an echo chamber and then it's echoing back at them which is exacerbating things mm -hmm. and then on uh reddit and 4chan sometimes these people will say that they're going to do something violent and the rest of the group would be like yeah man do it do it and it just like pushes it's that little push that pushes mm -hmm. them over the edge and you know maybe in previous decades men were frustrated but they were there wasn't the internet where it was a large group of people confirming what you think all the time and also in in older time periods though that age group would have been being groomed to go into the military or groomed to do other things or have more of a well, place yeah. yeah i mean in the 19th century in the 20th century the first half of the 20th century and, and up well into the vietnam war i mean obviously that age group would have been drafted you know, like, and uh, and uh, they would have been just sent off to war as mm -hmm. soldiers, largely. Yeah. That's where they would have drawn the soldiers from that age group and that, you know, demographic, right? They could use that rage, but... Um, and it's kind of a microcosm of what's happened in our country. Because, mm -hmm. like, social media and other websites, you know, will... 
you're surrounded by it, the algorithm makes you hear only it amplifies. people that that yeah. you are agree with. But I think it amplifies, yeah, it amplifies each other's voices. Yes. And that, and anyway, in that, in that subculture, they, they have like what the, are, they're super superficial people. They're sometimes not the brightest people. I'm, I'm really thinking. They've categorized know, they, women they, into they, different types. They, well, yeah, there's, there's that, but I think they also think that on, women only want to sleep with men. But they think women are superficial and only want to sleep with men. For certain reasons, and then they they make themselves superficial. Anyway, it's, there's a lot of projection going on there. I feel anyway. And I think it's, it's a personal issue for some of them. And then I think that they're nitpicking society, movies, media, and picking out this and that, and then uh, saying that's indicative of the entire group of women. Mm-hmm. That all women only care about looks. Yep. All women only care about money. Money or looks, yep, that's it. And then yep. about men. And then they're like, well, I I need to have surgery or something to change myself so I can even get a so Yeah, there's a lot of plastic surgery that happens in there. Right, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like really, and there's a lot of, it's all just about using women because women are just here to use you. And it's all just, it's yeah, super negative. That's what they call the red pill comes from that, you know, uh, or not comes from, it comes from the matrix, obviously, but they use this thing, the red pill, you know, take the red pill, you'll see reality that women only care about, you know, wrist size or chin size or ridiculous things. Or whether or not you have abs or not. That's not ridiculous. I I mean, I get, some stuff I understand. It's to the But they were talking about like, yeah, they're talking about hilarious things, sometimes like wrist size though. Like, I'm just like, what? Like that. What does like, that have cares to do with the size of your wrist? <laughs> Sorry. Whether um, or not you can wear a big the, watch. I, I mean... learned a lot. Anyway, this is all from Natalie Wynn. She has an amazing <laughs> YouTube channel again, ContraPoints. Yeah. Uh, this is this is where I'm learning this. This is all, you know. I mean, I I, I, I was very aware of this world, but I mean, I never I never delved that deep into it myself. You she know? delved so into it and yeah. like has been monitoring that uh, group online for some time and like studying like trying to figure out what is what is making them tick yeah. what are their worries about things she's very good at breaking things down and kind yeah. of simplifying it and okay this this is where it's at for these people how do we as a society society change this yeah how do we change that right we can't just like ignore them you know that is true like they, they might be, it's funny and we laugh and haha and everything like that. It's easy for me to laugh at them and everybody to laugh at them, but like, which I do, you know, and, but like it, it, we can't pretend you and this kid, like, I don't know whether he was part of the subculture or not. I think there's been other mass shooters that have been. And when he went in and shut up that school, that affected everybody at that school, all the people he killed, all their families. Like that was a massive amount of people, you know, and, um, that that affected. So you can't just ignore that this crazy sort of subculture exists we need to address it when and we need to address it a little bit we have to not make fun of it and maybe we, sh- we need to make fun of it i know on our own but we shouldn't if we i guess what i'm saying is like if we uh can address it you know in an empathetic fashion that's the key uh like un- try to be understanding about how they got there maybe and that maybe there's such like they should understand that maybe they're if we could find a way to make them understand their situation probably is only temporary. I remember being very feeling misunderstood and angry when I was fifteen, you know. But I definitely didn't have a community online, you know, poking me with memes and stuff constantly, telling me to go shoot up the school, you know, like that is something, and it's probably good 
you know, that I didn't, you know, and it's good that like, no one should have that. And, um, I, I think most people feel quite misunderstood at that age, you know? And, uh, anyway, yeah. I want to bring up something that she did mention in the podcast about the larger society on this, because we, as we, as women have started to, um, be, more college educated, have higher paying jobs than a lot of younger groups. I'm not talking about baby boomers here. I'm talking about the younger groups are starting to be, the women are more educated. They can make more money. Uh, There are no fraternal organizations really for that age group uh, besides the Boy Scouts maybe, but I mean like that have a way of conveying a sense of normalcy a sense of community in a positive way and in having society like you mad you you matter and are needed by society because of these reasons like i'm native and in our we've had a lot of trouble with this too because when we were colonized uh we had puberty rights and stuff for um both men and women and there were groups that trained men in different kinds of uh, activities that were very much needed by the whole village, by the whole tribe. Um, Sustenance, uh, hunting, uh, there were warrior societies, there were spiritual groups for these kids and, and, and roles that they could play in that to bring them in. And I think we as a society have went, went away from that so much that a lot of men don't feel needed they're starting to have uh, problems like anorexia, uh, trying to get uh, be accepted by what they think women want. Um, they need a place again besides the military. They need a place and roles. So this is an issue that, yeah, I think that that's what they're trying to send the podcast a little bit. It's a little bit of a recent, not recent, recent. It's always been there, mm-hmm. but like it's 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 this is a maybe there's a lack of spiritual guidance or something like that. Not that I like think that that's i don't know the most important thing ever for but it depends on the person but i mean maybe in the past religion would actually fill religion, that void religion would but also you're saying, you know making a place in the community where those boys feel needed like mm-hmm. they are learning a skill that the the people need you know what i'm saying like a direct directly. yeah some like sort hunting of uh, is bringing food yeah, home yeah, for the yeah, village. Like they, they make them feel valued yeah value instead of a uh instead of a dream and it isn't about what maybe. they look like but who they are we need to change but, that for them but i mean i guess you could say then like men in the 50s kind of have a great because they didn't care about that yeah well i mean they, they cared but i mean like men have always cared about what they look like a bit but i mean saying like they didn't have to care Mm-hmm. Is how like how I guess men grew up in the twentieth century largely, kind of being like okay I should say, white privileged men again like all that whole thing, but like if you're just a man you didn't have to care about having a beer gut or whatever I guess <laughs> you'd be like yeah I'm gonna get a girl no matter what right and like that maybe in the last decade or so mass media advertising everything has shifted yep. that mm-hmm. so now there's more pressure on young men to conform to beauty standards for men yeah whatever that might be and um i'm not really sure but there's a, there's a body type for men now that you know be like uh oh this is what they would say yeah there's they're saying this in the podcast that's right you know be be, be like a, a superhero body you know or whatever and yep that's impossible for most humans, mm-hmm. you know. Most humans are not Thor. 
Um, and that's, yeah. And I've heard women laugh at this because we have been subjected to beauty standards for a long time with magazines and media telling us how we have to dress, what we have to wear. I mean, in the 50s, you weren't supposed to ever let your husband see you without makeup. So you were supposed <laughs> to set your alarm at 3 in the morning yeah. and go in there, get those curlers out, get your nope, face yep. made up before your husband There's... ever seen it. Or the secretary would take your husband. What was the name of that show? There was a really good show where they showed that um, uh, on Amazon. Uh, the, about the, the female comedian. I can't think of the name of the show. Episode, you know. Anyway, the first episode, you remember that? Like, she was uh, doing that anyway. Yeah. So. I don't remember the name of the show, though. But anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, and women laugh at that. But the problem is, is we as a society need to realize that that hurts people. And I think that advertisers need to realize they need to stop it. And we need to change we need to stand up and say, no, this is not okay. We need to treat each other equally. We need to bring a, a place for our men. But, but you're not going to have an yeah. end to advertising. I mean, it's a capitalist society, you know. Change the message. Well, I guess. I, 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 I want to be able to, I, I think that's an idealistic situation, but we can't. I don't know how that advertising is going to go away. How I think, do you I think do we that? need to use, we need, <laughs> I think, again, like, like they were saying in that podcast, testosterone, quote, unquote, is a hell of a drug. You, you throw depression, you throw what are, what are traditionally women's uh, uh, beauty standards, uh, depression type issues. Self-loathing. Suddenly, self-loathing and depression onto young men. You throw a bunch of testosterone onto that, basically. And you throw some guns. It's throwing it at a powder keg. A yeah, it's a powder, powder keg. keg. Yeah. You, you're going to get some schools get shot up, man. Like That seems to be, I wonder if they're really on to something with that. That seems to be all connected, to me anyway. Marvelous Miss Maisel. That's yes, the name that's of the show. Yes, that's what it was. Yep, yep. Marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, that in the very first episode, I think it showed her doing that, like uh, getting all around, putting all her makeup on, and everything like that, and then measuring laying, her thighs, laying down back in bed. Yep. And pretending to wake up while her husband got up, and she had her makeup on, like he never saw her before, before the divorce and everything. Um, yep. Anyway, um, oh spoilers if you haven't watched the first episode. Sorry, <laughs> Marvelous Miss Maisel from twenty. 18 or something. But um, yeah. we as the people in this country need to realize we have more power than we think. Like, if we all decide that we don't like this, then it becomes a social norm. And then it becomes normal to treat each other equally or make well, a place for each other. I think the key is we all need to watch out for those younger men in our lives. They need to be really, They really, need to know they're valued. Well, we need to, we need to be, not just that, I, I'm just saying, like, really um, spend time with them. Yes. I guess is be be with don't them. let them live you know? on a video game or an online. Yeah, community. don't just let them like live on their own like these parents did. They just sort of just like they're not okay. like they just ra- let them raise themselves. I mean, for a lot like they just were superficial, really a uh, self obsessed narcissistic people. Again, I'm not judging their financial status or whatever. That's that's harsh because I mean the news is making all this big deal. They're like like oh they're so apparently poor for not paying their bills but i mean that goes hand in hand with being lazy in our society anyway that's, that's a whole, a whole other, other value system that's a whole other value system toilet. but i'm just saying like they just need to give him attention yeah and spend time with him and make him you're right make him feel valued if somebody would have know. stepped aside and said hey yeah. i i i'm kind of getting that you're having a hard time here how can i help you yes yeah and how he, can we do something let's do something with you let's get mm-hmm. you involved in something positive 
Sports? Or he maybe something? could. Not just sports. Trombone? There's community organizations. He could have met girls Violin. that way. You never know. Learn the thing. This is the key to relationships. Let me just say, it does not matter what you look like. It matters how good of a heart you have and whether you have confidence Well, I mean, not. looks matter for, to an extent. For I think. any insults out there, have the confidence you will attract uh, someone. I know. Be confidence, kind. Confidence, really, yeah. Actually, to be fair, looks, I, I think looks are part of it. But I mean, I don't think that they're, they're There is a person for every a other factor. person. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I don't think that you should just say like looks don't matter at all. You want to be clean. Say, like, Let's be honest. No, Take I, a shower. I don't think that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think. I think that's disingenuous to say looks don't matter, but confidence matters a shit ton. Confidence, confidence matters more than humor. You think. There's so many things. Even if you don't yeah, feel it's, confident, it's pretend even, you are, and you will get a girl. But yeah, anyway, and so but I think there's just as many young women out there. Same thing. That feel the same way. Yep. And they they have just as many problems they're just not all testosteroned up and ready to rage you know um, everyone needs yeah. to be willing and feel comfortable taking up their own space and feeling good in their own skin yeah. if you can feel good in your own skin you can attract friends you can have a better a better time of it in general if you can pr- feel comfortable in yourself no matter who that self is and then other people will be attracted to you to want to learn who you are. Well, you're interesting. You're different. You know, you have confidence. I need that. Yeah. I want to learn from you. You never know. Maybe we need to expand the Big Brothers, uh, the Big Brother, Big Sister program or something. Is that what it's called? Yes. Where but they, I really, I mean, just to have a, a male that, or female role model. That helps. Realize. But I think that something happens for me. I think that there needs to be some kind of transitionary thing for puberty time because I think that this has a big deal with it because when you're all hormoned up at that time period everything seems bigger than it is Mm -hmm. and I think that if we had uh, some kind of ceremony or transition that solidified that I'm a grown-up now for younger group you know besides driving something positive a role they can play how they can uh, participate in community feel valued that's the big deal there because you know these kids that don't feel valued you're talking about the incels that had something to do with 9-11 too with when they're when oh, they talked yeah. about it in the podcast they about, the podcast about they think they, they talk- need 12 virgins well or that's something. 70 virgins yeah 70 virgins. yeah it's like anyway they were talking about that how like there has been elements of that throughout society for all time mm-hmm. it's not just new terrorists I mean, maybe they latch onto a political ideology, but hormones still might have something to play there. Yes, yes. You know, right, yeah. So, like, there's an insecurity. Insecurity, And then, like, they're getting offered. So that's an example of, I guess, where spiritualism has gone wrong. Right. You know, like, spiritualism can be used in a horrible way, Mm -hmm. right? And And I'm not even saying that's, that's, but, yeah. I disagree that it has to be spiritualism. I think it just needs to be, your community needs to need you. We need to need them. We need to figure out a way to make them feel needed, wanted, and valued. Mm. We need to give them a role to play. I, I think you're right. I, I think maybe we just don't have those cultural traditions. As is the just obviously, a lot of people do have those cultural traditions. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like the overarching just yeah. American society just yeah. doesn't really have a spot. Mm-hmm. For like fourteen to fifteen year old boys or yeah. something, and, or girls. And girls. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like it's just it's, they're just sort of a weird outside type of place that they don't feel included in anything, and 
Right. Because that example is, okay, so when, with my people, like, you go, you have a ceremony for a whole year when you turn in to be a woman. During that time, you have to prove that you know how to take care of a family. So you have to be able to butcher an animal. You have to know how to cook. You have to know how a little bit of the medicines to, like, take care of people. Um, you have to know how to make containers, uh, like baskets and stuff, how to make a lodge. There's a lot of different responsibilities. So it's not about rights. It's about responsibilities, again. Your role and responsibility to the people, and that's what's lacking in our country right now with with the young people and with big people I think for that doing matter. That is, the cohesiveness is loosened. We seriously. need to feel that again. I think they had like, um, I think that's almost impossible. I mean, not impossible. I mean, really difficult on a nation state level um, on this size. Like they had the Boy Scouts of America and Girl Scouts and all that. You know, I think in the past to sort of cover that time period in somebody's life. Um, I don't know if that worked. Apparently there's a lot of Boy Scout masters that were abusers. Um, and I, I'm not sure if, you know, so I'm not sure if institutionally we need to be doing this. I'm thinking a more familial. And communities. Uh, well, yes, yeah, smaller, yeah. smaller groups, uh, not a, not as a nation state. You as know, a nation with, state, we literally could do something. We could do something but, like America, AmeriCorps for 14 already, to 15 year olds that, to help feel, feel yeah. to bond the cohesiveness, have them help in their own community, not somewhere else, not ship them anywhere but have them feel needed and valued in their own community. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I just, the more institutionally <laughs> you make it like that, I think the less it'll work. It has to have like a personal thing. It has to be like personal relationships. You know, like it's, we were talking about earlier with empathy, you know, and all that. I can't, a big institution, I don't just drafting somebody into public service, I don't know is going to solve that problem. Well, I agree with you, you know? but I think at the state we're in right now, we got to start somewhere. Firstly, and secondly, I think the problem is, is that the parents are all at work. So they're not well, noticing. I, I don't think they are at this point. Well, they have been up until yes, up until now. Mm-hmm. I know up until everything that's happened. And there's a lot of single parents think, out there that can't think, be home to notice things. Well, they, they, so we these, need to these build two in. parents down in Knoxford. There, that apparently they could have been around and they weren't. Okay, a choice apparently. I know, but uh, I mean, if we if we had more things in place, like oh, I don't know, family leave. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we need to have a. I believe in a right. minimum income for a everyone. big a big start because to that. If something happens with yes. your family like this. This isn't a two week fix. No, that child would have needed years of intensive mental health services no, and yeah. family support. There yep. for him, not being able to go yep. and help him because you had to go to work at five, uh, five no. in the yeah, morning yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't helpful. And we all as a society have been reliant so heavily on our teachers and education system to do everything for us. That's a problem. And the reason why we're doing that is because of work. Because of the work constraints everybody's but, but under. That, that, that has, yeah, I mean, for the last 20 to 30 years, that has been the case. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, really, since our lifetimes, you know, really yeah. like 30 or 40 years, yep. 40, 50 years. Um, uh, we but, pay yeah. lift service to families first, okay? Yeah. It's lift but, service. But, we really need but, to fix that. Well, I think you're at, the one key to that, you're right, is maybe at, is offering paid family leave. That's a huge one. You're right. Then immediately, everybody will get like, what, four weeks off? However many weeks they decide to give them, mm-hmm. you know. And it needs to be paid. Four weeks off a year or something, just paid family leave. Yeah, and you can get, yeah, they should make it relatively easy, and it'll make people's life super uh, better. 
I think anyway, they can actually work on their familial um, bonding and relationships mm-hmm. that way. And they uh, should change uh, the rules on that, yeah. to be honest, because if you have, say you have four kids, one of the kids is having a medical issue, like say leukemia, childhood leukemia, you need the four weeks off paid, and then your other child is having mental health issues, you can't well, take it in the get, same year. Currently, technically, you get 12 weeks unpaid, right? But that's like But who could do unpaid. that? Let's be honest. Yeah. We need pay. Because how are you going to support the I don't think they're going to do... I just don't see it being politically feasible to do 12 weeks paid off. That's no, but it months. is politically yeah, feasible so. to do minimum basic income, which could kind that of... That is very people. politically feasible. They, they should have done it. I, don't, I feel like it already was, mm-hmm. and they just haven't done it. So I don't really know exactly what they're planning to do there, but... That I think would just live to most people who just apparently use then, money that they're getting just for food. Yeah, so and then like, like it would inject money into the economy, and yeah. we could be like the other first world countries. Finally. Yeah, we definitely have some puritanical work that work puritan <laughs> work ethic stuff here. I think that most people here actually want to work, though. That's that's a myth about the poor. I think most people want to be productive. I mm-hmm. think they want to be productive members of society. Because being they said, don't like just being told you're lazy is is akin is, to. Yeah, saying you're a murderer in our country especially in the yeah. midwest man if you aren't yeah. doing something all the time and you Oof. aren't busy woo, you're yeah. like the worst human ever yeah that maybe they're right maybe that's a specifically that needs to change midwestern um, attitude more than anywhere else so, but yeah work to live not the other way around yeah yep all right i'm gonna take a quick break here and we'll be back in a moment and we are back uh that's where the uh, commercial would have been if we did commercials in this podcast, which we do not. So, um, you know, if you think we should ever, uh, feel free to let us know. <laughs> we can start. <laughs> but right now we are commercial free. Um, maybe in the future there will be a commercial there. You never know. Um, or at least, uh, I mean, as far as we know, we're commercial free. I guess I can't. We, we're, we're using Anchor, uh, and I'm not sure. They might be putting something in. Yeah, I have no They idea. might be putting some sort of advertising in, I guess. I have no idea. But we're not actually having any part of it or getting compensated for any of it if, if, if there is anything like that at all. Um, yeah, so I was going to say, welcome back for the news from Lake Wobegon. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's basically what it feels like. I was reading the Greenville Daily News here. And again, um, there was a apparently a massive uh, fight at another... Uh, township meeting, uh, a Pine Township meeting to discuss pending wind energy ordinance ends with police presence. This was from December 22nd, and it says uh, Monday. This, <laughs> the Daily News is kind of good about <laughs> editorializing here. Um, but suffice it to say, there, there was a big fight again about wind power in a township meeting, and I really just wanted to say we don't need it, we, we need to have these debates, that's fine. But we don't, like, the cops were apparently called. Like, good God, people. Let's just, like, try to keep it under control, okay? We could do that. I, I think, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to my dad about it, actually. We were talking about this because, you know, he, he's definitely interested in local politics a lot. But I kind of think that might be, like, a cultural thing. Like, with Midwesterners, we keep so quiet and so reserved that maybe that's like a, to our detriment in these situations where maybe that maybe the cops did not actually need to be called, but maybe whoever was in charge, whoever is in charge of these township meetings 
needs to not be so reserved. They need to shut this shit down. Like, shut it down before it even starts. And be like, if you guys, if somebody goes all out crazy, I don't care which side it's on, you know? Like, obviously, in this case, it's probably the, the anti-wind people that apparently are interrupting and jeering. Uh, but if, they, if they're jeering and stuff like that, shut the meeting down. Shut it down. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, just be, and be, and I just feel like, I don't know, we were talking about, I feel like, you know, I just feel like that's a, that's a Sheridan thing, that's a, that's a, that's a Macomb County thing, that's a Michigan way, a little bit, you know, I don't think of people from, like, New Jersey, or, like, Brooklyn or something, I don't think of them just, like, kind of passively getting jeered at, you know, like, I'm sure they have fights and stuff, but I mean, People say, shut the fuck up and get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> like, the township administrators and the township supervisors and those in many other places are much more outgoing. Yes. And much more just taking control of this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it's very frustrating to see. I think that's part of our Midwestern thing. We think we're supposed to be quiet. You know, like, we just... And then, then finally, we can't take it anymore because we're getting trolled too much and then we just explode. You know, like, that's it. It's over. We're calling the police. You know, but maybe there's an in-between. I'm just speculating. I don't know. Like, what do you what do you think? Uh, I have a suggestion to all of you township supervisors out there dealing with stuff like this, and school boards for that matter, because I know there's uh, arguments going on in the county about that too. Um, so here's how to handle this: you could set up a website where they could make comments that way, or during the meeting, right at the beginning of the meeting, say this is going to be a, a public silent meeting. And what you're going to do if you have a comment is write it down. We have plenty of pencils and papers available. And then at the end of the meeting, we will grab all of your comments. We'll thumb through them for a few minutes and then we'll try to address your concerns. Maybe but- that would stop the dis- disruptions, the incivility. Maybe. I don't know. They, I don't. They have to maintain um, democracy, obviously, but they have to let people get to say things, really, or say things, sort of. I mean, they don't think they can just. Uh, but I agree with you. Maybe they need to like uh, change it so you can't have as much public comment. Limit the public comment period. Uh, also, just just I I still think just be willing to just tell people that to cut them off. Be like, no, you can't talk anymore. This is done. We're shutting down the meeting. If you're gonna go off and it's like the real life trolling the the yeah. township supervisor, mm-hmm. the township people, officials, they're like they're trolling them like right. it's Facebook or something, and it's not. And yeah. they build off each other. So what I'm saying is, if they did a, a silent public comment where they got to write their stuff down and they read it during the meeting, and they address their concerns, then they couldn't feed off each other and get so angry. Yeah. But they'd still, it would still be democratic, and they'd still be able to say what they wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I totally agree. Like a website somehow. Website or uh, like a live feed of their comments, like yeah. you do in Facebook Live, yeah. or yeah. You, they could do like a, um, you know, paper and pencil way. Yeah. But, and the other thing I wanted to say about this particular thing is there's a lot of people going to these township meetings saying that they speak for everybody all of the insiders yeah, from this area. I and actually, yeah. I would just like to say that I am an insider from this area and my family goes back generations. Matter of fact, you are living on our land. And I would just like to say that you don't speak for me. You're living on, on our land as far as from, native the, from land. a native perspective. Yes, yes, yes. you are yes, living on indigenous land. And I will tell you, I don't agree with you speaking for me. 
And there are certain individuals at these meetings coming up saying that they they speak for us and they are newcomers, quote unquote, in the last few years. And and Ben and uh, my families have been here before. It was a state. There was a uh, there, yeah, that's true. That my family's been here quite a while, too. And uh, a lot of people's families obviously uh, can get a, to a pissing contest about who's been here longest. I mean, no one will win that, obviously, at the end. I mean, took to suck to, to, to the Indians, right? <laughs> but, I win this but argument, the, uh, but by the, the way. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the point is, is that, we but, shouldn't but, try to speak for each other. But it's a free country. You can move to where you want to move and say what you want to say. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't appreciate somebody, that's true. Like, there was a, apparently, the Daily News posted this a few a couple days ago on their Facebook page. There was a BuzzFeed article, which is like a national publication that was actually specifically talking about the wind debate in in Sydney Township, um, which is insane. And it was talking about the it was centered on a couple who moved here from like Grand Rapids, uh, like in 2016. Which, for my mind, and I think yeah, Melanie's mind here, right? That's pretty recent. Um, and they have a lot to say, and they started the whole anti-wind thing, I guess, or whatever. And that's a big thing. And it, and it's a free country. They want to come up here. To raise horses and be, and that's you know, have forty acres and just live off the land. And but they don't see it the same way we see it. Like I see this area as like post-industrial at this point. Like I see all yeah. the places where there used to be factories, where there used to be massive amounts of trains, logging, heavy industry for hundreds of years, and then it left. You know, and they just see it as like the wild west. I feel. Yep. And they, they just see, like, this is the out wide west, and they can just do what they want up here and free God's country or something like that. And I, I totally get that if you're coming from, like, an urban area. But, like, I just – I have a totally different perspective because I see the, more of the history here, and I'm, I'm aware of this history, and you know, with all the, the industry that happened here and all the logging and all the heavy things. And the poverty. Yeah. And you know what? And the poverty, yes. We do want things but. that will help our counties get more money. I mean, we do want better education systems for our children. We do want roads yeah. fixed. We do want oppor- uh, job opportunities for our kids here. Well, that's the definition of progressive. I mean, I think that that's, I'm a progressive in the fact that I want to see positive change. I want to see this area grow, get, I don't want to see it get urban, of course. I don't want to see it get too much big, but I want to see it grow economically. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some tourists here. I wouldn't mind seeing some of that. I wouldn't mind seeing some wind jobs here. I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of things here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having, roads, you know, fiber internet some, and great s- cell phones fiber, fiber internet, coverage. yep, exactly. Uh, 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 pub, some sort of public transit system, which uh, there is none, again, that I'm aware of at all outside of Greenville mm-hmm. in this entire area. Like, if you go to Isabella County, they have it. Macaulay County has it. Ionia County has it. Uh, various ones, but... And this right county, if yeah. you get a DUI and get your license taken away, you will see people <laughs> driving their lawnmowers Obviously, to the store. Obviously, yeah, we know that. FYI. Because there's no public transportation. <laughs> and wouldn't it be nice to get on a bus and have a yep. warm warm place to sit? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just saying. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you get the lawnmower class, and they're stuck without cars. And like, so maybe we should actually have a, yeah, a better system there. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, that's not fair. It's not, it's, it's punishing people for being poor. I feel like it's actually, they're trying in a way to prevent poor people from moving here or something by not having some sort of public, but it, it doesn't address the fact that probably like half the residents of this County are like under the poverty line anyway. Right. You know, and like that, I just feel like there's a complete lack of recognition of the issues that exist anyway. 
I could go on all day about this. I, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I just, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, let's not fight at our township meetings anymore, please. It's funny. The more I seem to say this, the more it seems to happen. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, Treat um, people civilly. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The more you shout, the more people stop listening to you. And um, the more you yell, the more it invalidates your point. Yeah. Is there any other news from like Wobegon? <laughs> um, what else? Did I or is that we, we were going to talk about a couple other things here? I think, but I think uh, that was it for that. Yeah, I think that um, was it for that. I was really, really sad uh, since we've done the last podcast. Uh, Anne Rice died. I was a huge fan of Anne Rice. Uh, I read all of her vampire novels. Big, big fan going back to when I was probably 15 years old or so. So, yeah, <laughs> when I was in my angsty period. <laughs> Anne Rice is a perfect angsty type uh, <laughs> writer for that age. And Yeah, but I, I love I love her books. They're great. Um, it's like historical fiction, which is yes. wonderful. Um, and you can have vampire. It's, yeah. Anyway. I love the movie, too. Yep. The historical movie. fiction with supernatural characters yep. that get to sort of observe... Observe history actually much of the time, and sometimes take part in it, sometimes not. It's just it's pretty pretty awesome. And um, so. I would like to say that I wasn't a huge super fan. However, I did read a few of her books, and what I did like about her writing was her ability to immerse you in it. Because when she writes something about a, a historical place or time, you literally could smell the air. You could, you could, you know. Feel the feeling of that time period. Yeah, she was very good at that, and her create her uh, creation of her characters was amazing. They were very uh, human and uh, not two dimensional. It was very amazing. She was a very amazing writer. So it's sad that she she left us. I'm really sad that she never got to see her. Uh, apparently, there's a plan to make a TV series. There is a plan still, as far as I know, to make a TV series based on those vampire novels on an AMC, I think, or something. I'm really sad that she didn't get to see it come to fruition. I think she really wanted to see like a good version of her uh, stuff. I, mean, I really love the Interview with the Vampire movie, actually, from the early 90s uh, uh, with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. I think it was a great movie. Um, but then they made another one, I think, in the early 2000s, Queen of the Dan, which definitely was more subpar, um, to say the least. And it definitely deviated pretty far from the source material, uh, which was weird. Um, I don't know what, anyway, what's going on there. But um, hopefully they'll uh, bring it back in some form or another, like Dune, and do an amazing job. Um yeah, we never we never know what we'll get here. Maybe Tom Cruise reprises Lowe's as well as uh, the vampire Lestat. Uh, you never know. That would be amazing. Um, uh, what else were we going to go over here really quick? And uh, finally, I wanted to talk about education. So um, we have I've been sort of harping on this during the different episodes about the difference between rights and responsibilities. And I think that our education system has contributed to the idea of rights over responsibilities. And I remember having a conversation with Ben's grandpa who uh, grew up, when he grew up, he has passed away now, but when he grew up, he grew up and went to school in a one-room schoolhouse. And in the schoolhouse, they had multiple grades and the older students helped the younger students. 
And I told him once, I said, you know, we should go back to that. And he says, I don't know if that would work or not now. And I'm like, maybe not. But but the idea of building that responsibility for each other is key in, I think, healing our country at this time. And I think that it is possible. I've been thinking about this more since then and looking at the, the stress our teachers are under and um, the way that we teach now is so test-focused and... Uh, I think that it would help, you know, everything, even these shooting incidences. If you were in a schoolhouse, I think we could do it in communities. Like every little small community or in urban areas, maybe every, you know, couple blocks have a school for those blocks in a multi-level situation. Because then you wouldn't have large bands of teenagers bullying each other. You would have teenagers uh, being more responsible for the younger kids. And they're on down to the littlest ones to help each other. And I think that might have been what, what that generation seemed to have that we don't, that we moved away from, is that responsibility to each other and the ability to learn to help each other. So maybe at some point somebody can institute something like this. I do see a lot of news, at least uh, in uh, different communities, indigenous communities and others, where they're starting their own schools. I've heard of people doing uh, homeschool more. I've heard of people doing out school uh, or on the school on the land where the kids are learning uh, science and whatnot from out in the wilderness um, and other uh, things that they do at those schools. So I think that across communities there's a recognition that something isn't right here and we need to maybe change it to bring back those those values of taking care of each other you know an independence uh be, be able to critically think about things and an ability to have room to be creative and not so much on that clock all the time what do you think ben um i think it's easier said than done i don't mind i don't mind the idea of it at all but like, uh, just going back to like one room schoolhouses seems like it would be, well, for one thing, incredibly expensive. Uh, they'd have to like what build them everywhere, or or would they? Sure, you're. Are, are we talking about like doing this maybe like in a virtual setting and having different ages in a virtual classroom, like you, a like an online setting? You could do that. Like, uh, using the new technology with the metaverse stuff. Which is, uh, you know, put on some goggles or whatever and connect it and, you know, then you're seeing, like, avatars of everybody. You know, like, avatar of the teacher, avatar of different aged students. So, is that That is anything? not what I was thinking, but that's very forward thinking of you. I'd have to think about that for a minute. <laughs> well, I'm just not sure. I, well, I just don't know how, if the money is there to build a whole bunch of new schools. You don't need that's to build any more schools. Almost mm-hmm. every community in every block or two has a school. What you need to do is shuffle it. So instead of having, like our school here has first through third grade, all yeah. those classrooms make it multi-level classroom. Every single one of the classrooms uh, that already so exist. like just destroy the whole system in a way, destroy the the, the the system of keeping all the grades separate. Yep. And mix up like sixth grade and under or something. No, I'm saying twelfth grade. Twelfth grade. Twelfth grade right. down to kindergarten. I think that would make people uncomfortable. It may make them uncomfortable at the beginning, but 
it would it would remove some of the problems that we're having with the preteen to teenager groups where they're there's too much mm-hmm. emphasis on the uh, bullying each other over what they're wearing or whatever, and yeah. it would build in more having a responsibility to your younger classmates and helping. And it also will push forward the younger ones. Like, yeah. think about this. When you have one child, it kind of takes them forever, yeah. really, to learn to use a cup, to learn to walk, to learn to the potty training. But once you bring us a new child in after the first one, the second child is like, it's like they're on roller skates because it's super fast. Like they're learning stuff from their older siblings all the time and they're like catching on way faster because they have that role model going on. Yeah. We can have that role modeling going on in the school. No, actually to give something like the older kids something productive to be doing too in a way. And to be valued and needed. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying there. building of community. Mixing up those grade levels would be flying in the face of everything for the last 50 to, to you know, I don't know how many years. But, uh, I mean, I, obviously in the 30s and 40s, though, they were doing stuff differently still. So, like, I mean, the, the, the system that we have, I think, was it invented? I don't even know anything about the history of education. Uh, if I anybody knows about it. that, definitely, uh, well, I mean, if you, if you I, mean, I, learned it I don't a know long who the inventor ago. of the current grade system is, the current <laughs> separating whole mm-hmm. groups of kids in separate levels you know what I mean? In, in large schools, you know, I, feel I, I don't like know. That, is, that seems like it's something from the 50s. It's maybe, also right? been a downfall yeah, for industry because what has happened is it's more finite, more finite, more separated we've become in education. The less creative we've been, which is what was our, what the rest of the world was trying to learn how to do from us. Instead, we changed it and we're like, oh no, we've got to be more stringent on tests and we've got to do this I and think, that. And that doesn't really help anything. I think it would be relatively simple to do this in rural areas like this mm-hmm. i think in inner city schools though man i be, totally yes hard. you think it's bad I but know. i think it's a capability it's that too we have densely populated to try i think that's why they you know but we're not again we're not moving any we're not building any new schools what we're doing is shuffling the, the pupils so we're going to make a, a multi-level class okay. in each classroom and then that's has the any, classroom has you have in. people been trying this with like uh, I don't know. There's like different co-op schools and different experimental things happening. Now. I think uh, I people are trying this at all. I don't know if they've been trying this particular idea. Not even in the religious schools, to be honest. I think that they're still I separated. Say, I think Amish by grade. schools are like this, aren't they? Amish are a different community. Yeah, but I mean, but they are. They're religious. They still religious. do the multi-level classes. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But look how creative so, they are. Oh. They build things, they make things, they figure things out. They have, yeah, they get to go on Rumspringer. And they get to... Yeah, and a lot of them go back. That's... (laughs) Why? Right. The main reason, you know, know, we watched a thing on that. It's about They're very productive members of society. Yes. They have a a very strong community ties, yes. Mm -hmm. I know. We need Um, to bring that back. And I think if we brought that back, we would stop having so much division in this country. They would say that that's because of religion. Probably. Right, but you don't That's, have to have that. In public school, you could still do the same thing in a multi-level, okay, multi-ethnic, do the, and change the way that we're doing things. Maybe. We know something needs to change. We have all these That's students true. all the time. We, need to do, we do need to change it. And we need yeah. more mental health services. I don't know. I, I really, really think that's true, though. I mean, as far as, like, we need to change the system... I think this relates to back to what you were saying earlier, uh, like about like uh, uh, 
kids, we have to do something different in our society for like young teenagers. Yes. For starters. And maybe this can be something that, that is done for them. Giving them something productive to do. And. Without just drafting them into something. You know, like this. Anyway. And it would give the younger children mm-hmm. role models. Yeah. Because I believe, and I've seen this with my own eyes, older students, even the ones that have trouble, when they're put in a position to have to help younger children, mm-hmm. they change the way that they behave. A little tiny bit. I think bit. they do too. I think you're right. Yeah. Even the ones that are troubled because they don't. They go a little bit into, they, there is some, I don't want to say it's a parental instinct, but it's a caretaking a sort caretaking of role. Uh, role. A little bit. Yep. Not all of them as much as others. Some are more than others, right? But I, I know what you're saying. But their behavior isn't so. so bad. And that's one of the huge problems mm-hmm. right now for edu- educators is yeah. behavior issues. Suicide, well, that's actually a really good idea. And everything else. You should write up a, a plan. You've heard it here first. Yeah, okay. write up. <laughs> start your own uh, uh, multi-age. Uh, I don't even know what to call it multi-age school. Yeah, one-room school. Just kind of go back to the old Anne of Green Gables style. Anne of Green Gables style of schools. Um, yeah, actually, it does make it sound pretty nice. That that does sound better. And it, and it also costs make, more money. That's it, the big thing. The this sort of dangerous group. I hate to be pinning it all on young men. Dangerous young men might be getting more uh, attention. You know what I mean? Uh, or they'll maybe better mixed in with different ages. Yep. So a, da- a young man who's 15 might actually find himself better off as a caretaker mm-hmm. type role or uh, a mentor type person to a younger kid. And then also they'll have other people of different ages with them in the same setting. Instead of just having all 15-year-olds competing with, competing with each other. And, you're and, building and, confidence. Yeah, you're building respect. Yeah, you're building uh, all sorts of skills that aren't actually... In a way, you can say taught. it's really negative. It's bad to put a bunch of kids the same age in, yes. in, a, in a situation like that. Because it's, it's like Lord them. of the Flies. Yeah, they it weren't is, wrong it is, it is Lord of the Flies at that age. <laughs> it is brutal. It's bad. Yep. Survival yeah. of the, 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 the and if they're putting most different... popular, you know, at that age. And it's just, yeah. I mean, little. we have TV shows on cable apparently right now, like 16 and counting. How it is when they have a big family, mm-hmm. the older ones help the younger ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a role play. There's a difference. There's a tweaking in the roles where it speeds up the little right. ones and it also gives value in... Yeah, I don't watch that, so I don't know what role. that is. I don't really watch it, but I, I do see articles about it sometimes. Yeah. So, anyways, I think it's a good idea. Let us know what you think. Give me some feedback on that. What do you think? Is yeah, send it to the email address. Uh, oh, shoot, what's the email address again? Show at gmail.com, right? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, it's not, yeah, it's just benamelanyshow at gmail.com. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, or just uh, get on that old Facebook page there and. Yeah. Drop us a comment. Drop us a comment on there. Uh, Let's see. Do we have anything else to go over today? Or is that pretty much... uh, Well, I don't know. I I didn't have anything else to talk about, I guess. I think uh, that we're coming to the end. Um, Maybe next time we can talk about student loans. That could be a whole big section. That's a whole episode on itself. And build that better plan. Yeah, I want to talk about that, too. Yep, yep. The student loans. uh, Well... Actually, they're kicking the can down the road again. Student yep. loans are not... No one has to pay student loans until May now. And 
in, in just a little while to go there. All going to be due in January. Um, anyway, uh, thanks a lot for tuning in to the Ben and Melanie Show podcast yet again. Really appreciate all of you for your support and for listening. Um, and even though we have yep. kid noise in the background, yep. but hey, yep. this is real just, life and we're real parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Till next time. Bama pee, motherfucker. Ha <laughs> ha.